0: Welcome to Delta Dialogues Content Partner Program, where we talk to some of the leading experts in the field of technology to discuss about AI and technology in different sectors and industry, how it engages or better said, changes the world. I am Priya Dayalani, your host, and I am joined by my commentator, Emer Mustafa. Well, artificial intelligence is rapidly transforming the healthcare industry. Uh, it has the ability to automate tasks, analyze huge amounts of data, and also provide personalized patient care and healthcare. Now, it is expected that the global AI healthcare market is projected to reach around $45 billion by 2026. So, it's pretty clear that AI is becoming increasingly important in the healthcare landscape. But here, what does this mean for the Europe and for the European companies? Now, to answer, we have Darren Stevens, Senior Vice President and Commercial Head, UK and Europe, of Cure with us today. And in this fourth episode, we will talk more about the European healthcare industry. Well, hello, Darren. Welcome to our podcast. How are you doing?
1: Very good. Thank you. And thank you very much for inviting me on. Very nice to meet you both.
0: Great. It's a pleasure to have you with us. So, you know, let's just start about uh, probably telling our audience about what does the company do? What is Cure all about? And what specifically is your role in this company?
1: Perfect. No problem. Uh, So Cure is essentially a breakthrough uh, artificial intelligence solution provider. And our technology enhances imaging accuracy and improves health outcomes uh, with the assistance of machine supported tools. So uh, CURE taps into deep learning technology uh, to provide automated interpretation of radiology exams like X-rays, CTs, and and essentially what this does is enables faster diagnosis and speed of treatment. Uh, We have a mission in CURE and that's to make healthcare more accessible and affordable to patients worldwide with our technology. Um, my role within the business, I'm as as you've as you've already stated, I'm senior vice president, and commercial head uh, for Europe and the UK, and my aim is essentially to build out the European uh, UK operations to support our our global growth and expansion. So it's exciting times for us within our within our business.
0: Glad to know. Thank you. Thank you for sharing us about your role and, of course, what the company is into. Um, if if I want to go back, you know, three years uh, back. I think the first half of 2020 uh, the global covid pandemic had a very uh, significant and a very severe impact on the on the overall healthcare I believe and also it had its implication on the social and economic condition of every country I believe Now, for healthcare, the um, imposition of lockdowns or social distancing has undermined the traditional face-to-face healthcare delivery model and also some of the non-emergency situations that way. Now, however, this has also led to the rapid acceleration of digital solution or digitized healthcare software systems or uh, medical device software for that matter. So, um, how do you think or what are your views on the current um, healthcare industry considering the European landscape?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose it's a very, it's a very diverse landscape. Um, there's variations in healthcare systems, in policies. Um, the access to care is very different across countries within Europe as well. And I suppose it, ultimately it's categorised now, and, and something that we've certainly seen evolve over the last couple of years by focus on universal healthcare, patient centred care and advancing medical research and and innovation. And that's really where we've seen huge opportunities to get involved uh, with the solutions from CURE and the various work that we've been involved in. Um, Our work spans from um, kind of deployments within global healthcare arena through to um, large healthcare uh, systems, hospital groups, through to pharma research, through to screening programs, there's huge applications in, in terms of the technology and huge opportunities then to be able to assist um, healthcare systems that are certainly challenged in a lot of in a lot of ways.
0: Right, right. I think um, um, it's not just the European uh, landscape, but I guess the overall world was going through um, a very difficult times. Um, I would say, um, but just like you said, you know, uh, uh, with Cure and of course there are other digital solutions that have. Happen- in the market uh, after the pandemic or during the pandemic that way uh, so definitely that has um, you know um, somehow tackled the growing complexities of the healthcare and also meeting customer expectation in terms of more advanced healthcare systems and uh, having a personalized approach in healthcare But um, at the same time, um, I also believe or, you know, research or studies have stated that uh, there was a lot of constraint on the human resources and there was a lot of uh, demand and supply gap that way. There was a lot of difference in that way. So most countries were looking for digital uh, health partners or making sure that they have a proper tech Mm. partner on board that way. So um, how do you think, uh, when you're talking about digital solutions, I believe uh, the first thing that comes in our mind is artificial intelligence. So how do you think that probably AI can be a game changer here?
1: Yeah, well, like AI is revolutionizing um, the healthcare industry, essentially by enhancing diagnostics, Uh, it can improve treatment plans. Can streamline admin tasks and enableise more personalised medicine as well. Um, I suppose what it allows to do is analyse vast amounts of medical data. It can identify patterns and provide insights to support cl- clinical decision making. And again, this leads to more accurate diagnosis and tailored treatments. When when you look at, I suppose the the um, benefits that we've seen through our technology, um, it's very real in terms of the um, kind of return on investment that this type of technology can, can bring. There's a huge shortage of radiologists globally. There's a huge shortage of radiologists within Europe. Uh, not just radiologists, but radiographers. And essentially all of the supporting um, uh, roles and responsibilities uh, get, can support these healthcare systems. So in order to do more with the same resource that we have, we need to work smarter and AI enables these marginal gains across all of these various uh, clinical disciplines so that we can do more with that valuable resource, that valuable human resource that we have um, and enhance the experience for the clinicians involved in imaging and treating uh, patients.
0: Right. I think um, when we're talking about artificial intelligence, is something that uh, it has it's, it's it's been revolutionary and i think it is further going to revolutionize each industry or sector uh, that way um but when you're talking about the healthcare industry i feel uh one of the major hurdles or tackles uh in terms of the overall industry is that the healthcare costs are sometimes out of control uh, like the only question that probably users or the healthcare providers have to face is what can we do about it so um um, i think it's clear that uh, before or before using technologies like ai the traditional healthcare models weren't much sustainable that way uh, but after the after the um, onset of ai and machine learning for that matter just like you said you know it can automate tasks and it can streamline administrative um, procedures that way so we have seen a lot of advancement that way so ai has already proven itself in many industries that it has a positive impact in terms of cost as well as sustainability so, however, this leaves um I think healthcare with a question that how can we use AI to cut down the cost? Of course, one that you said, you know, it automates tasks and it can cut down on the administrative tasks. So, you know, human resources um, can then focus on the strategic planning and decision. But otherwise, how do you think that AI can help down on the on cut on cut downing on the uh, on the costs in the healthcare?
1: Yeah. So. Very valid points that you make in terms of you know reducing admin and paperwork and all you know streamlining all of those processes are usually important, but I suppose the area of expertise that, that Cure operates in and and what we've seen is minimizing errors and um in medical uh, kind of um, um, interpretation of of images, uh, in our case for both X rays and CTs, and it also allows um to help identify cost-effective treatment pathways as well. So if you can triage more effectively, and if you can um, uh, triage your your patient lists from those that have a finding to those that that don't, you can really, really manage um, your your kind of patient flow through your hospital far more effectively. And you can also prevent unnecessary hospital uh, admissions, readmissions, and overall improve operational efficiency for those organizations too. And ultimately, it's it's a better experience for the patient too, because if you can quickly identify that there is nothing concerning for a patient and they can be released home, it's a far more um, pleasant and uh, stress-free uh, experience for, for the patient as well. So it's it's not just about efficiencies gained for the organizations themselves, but hopefully patients in turn will also see that this is helping and benefiting their lives as well
0: yes definitely i think um it was just a couple of days back i was just going through one of the articles which was talking about healthcare and how medical device software or what it's also called as a software based medical device so these are some sub- sub- softwares that work without the hardware because they don't need to be dependent on the device it's just a software that it works for example we have those mri scans that we can view it on a mobile devices and so these all things have led to you know the faster diagnosis and treatment of diseases so of course uh, patient care has has enhanced that way and of course when the patient care has um, it's, it's growing or it's improving so you have more referrals it increases the reputation of the healthcare institution as well and it gains in more uh, monetary as well as non-monetary benefits from both of, uh, the, of the patients as well and as, as well as for the healthcare institutions That is definitely a very, very valid point, I believe. Um... But um, here again, the another question that I would ask is, you know, I came across one different study and it showed that Netherlands has 1.4 million people working in the healthcare industry, which is somewhere roughly 14% of the total working population that way. But with the prediction that one in four people in Europe will be over 65 by 2050 and thus require more complex square. So those numbers are far from being sufficient, I believe. So managing patients complexities uh, when when you know it's, it's aging so I think that's a very uh, expensive and it requires healthcare sectors to shift from cure to prevention so here how do you think that um, AI can uh, help practitioners or uh, the clinical researchers in terms of reducing the time they spend on, on one patient and allow them to assist more patients efficiently
1: no, it's a really, really important point that you raise, Brian uh, and something that we're seeing, our technology can, and, and AI in general can assist practitioners in reducing uh, time they spend on, on one patient by automating routine tasks um, and also kind of image, image analysis, documentation, data entry as well. By leveraging um, AI and, and various AI algorithms, healthcare providers can gain insights faster they can make more informed decisions can prioritize their time more effectively and enable them to see more patients and allocate their expertise where it's most needed and that's something that we certainly see with our technology so just to kind of explain a little bit how the technology works um, our technology is vendor agnostic it can it can sit uh, in any hospital infrastructure PACS and RIS solution and what that does is it it's you know it's an easy Uh, Deployment and a very uh, kind of seamless deployment of our technology into already established workflows for clinicians. So the tool will provide triage worklists that will clearly identify and flag patients that are deemed to be a positive or a negative finding. Uh, But not only that, it will also provide templated reports. So it will help in the kind of uh, uh, um, a template report for the radiologist or the reporting radiographer to be able to review, add their comments, accept or reject the findings. Um, And then it will also display two images. It will display the original Diacom images, but it'll also display a overlay with all of the findings clearly marked out uh, on the the image. And that's hugely helpful for a clinician who's trying to progress through a work list, identify those clinical priorities, identify the patients that really need those assistance. And um, that's extremely important in hospital settings where you've got a severely uh, ill uh, patient an acute um, uh, setting, maybe for a tromectomy patient or a patient needing thrombolysis. Time is brain and a decision on whether there is a clot there or not and what treatment is most appropriate for that patient. Having any tools that create uh, those marginal gains there is hugely helpful, but the clinicians and these hospital systems also need to have faith uh, in the technology. And something that we've been very proud of and worked extremely hard at uh, doing within Cure is ensuring that we've got all of the right uh, certifications. And um, right across our portfolio for Europe, we have EUMDR uh Class 2B certification, which is a really, really high cert- certificate uh, for all of our products. So that's covering everything that we do within a a chest X-ray, head CT and chest CT landscape. And we're now seeing that the conversation is moving beyond, here's an algorithm and this is what it can do to, let's actually define use cases around disease management. Let's figure out how we can support you with your lung uh, cancer pathway. Let's see how we can support with greater efficiencies from a neuro suite or a neuro use case. So that's what we're finding now as we have these conversations um, across healthcare systems within Europe. Um, and we're quite excited about that as the technology advances. So um, there's a lot of talk uh, in the media about AI, and uh, you know quite rightly, we, we need to be careful about it, but rest assured, the technology that we're talking about today is highly regulated. It is um, a medical device and treated like a medical device. And uh, the certifications are licensed to operate. And without those, uh, we can't uh, stand over our our technology and also provide the assurances and the trust that the end users and the patients need.
0: Right, definitely. I think um, when we're talking about AI, you know, you highlighted one point that uh, many people are still skeptical or they're still suspicious of um, how artificial intelligence can uh, benefit or is it actually that probably my healthcare institution, I should deploy AI. Um, how do you think that uh, this, this scenario is prevalent in the European landscape? Because um, I'm from India, so um, I have been meeting people and talking to people uh, and there are certain healthcare institutions who feel that, oh no, you know, we don't need AI right now. Uh, we are really happy with the traditional model of our uh, functioning and operations. So they're still skeptical because one of their doubts is the huge upfront cost that probably you need for a successful AI implementation and you know, constant monitoring and evaluation of the project as well. So do you think this is the same scenario in the Europe sector as well? And if there is, how do you tackle and how, how is the company trying to solve this problem, if it is?
1: Well, it's, re- it's really interesting. And I suppose something that we have a lot of experience in um, because we're, we're deployed in over 70 countries worldwide now. And I think last count, we had something like 1,400 plus uh, deployments in various settings around the world. So. There's nothing that we haven't heard already, Priya, in terms of uh, concerns or um, anticipations around the introduction of technology. And there's a lot of myths associated with it, too. And the technology itself and its deployment is not a huge cost for most organizations to consider, especially when you can clearly identify a use case application and a return on investment, which will probably save elsewhere within the system. And it becomes a, a, a kind of a self-fulfilling business case. Then, um, to answer your other point, in terms of how it's being adopted um, um, locally and in kind of within country, a lot of countries and a lot of um, kind of ecosystems that we're working with, they really, really want to develop their own uh, local evidence. So, as I said earlier, we've got over fourteen hundred deployments globally. You know, we can share so many different uh, reference points and reference cases from around the globe. But it always comes back to well, we actually want to generate our own local evidence. We want to see it operational within a a test and and a kind of a a safeguarded environment first. And then we will slowly work it into routine use. So, and and that's fine. And and we operate within that. I think the danger is, you know, recreating that wheel every single time. At Cure, we're in the fortunate position to have probably one of the largest data sets worldwide and and certainly within the market for training our algorithms. So that's a diverse cross sectional, um, multicultural um, data set, ensuring that we've, you know, the the accuracy and the the, um, benefits that can be gained from our technology have been tested on a very, very wide and diverse group. Um, But we understand that. Hospital systems and clinicians will want to test that on their local data to make sure it it, it stacks up, and we're happy to work with that. But I think that could be done, uh, kind of centrally or nationally. It can be agreed then that you know these technologies are deemed safe in this population, this demographic, and we can proceed with these use cases. Because what is very challenging for organizations, and especially as a lot of the smaller organizations that are out there are involved in AI, um there can be a, a cycle of pilot itis so you get caught in trials get caught in pilots and not progress towards a living breathing commercialization of the product and in order for um these companies to reinvest to further develop to grow as well uh, there needs to be a, a a win-win associated with a lot of a lot of these projects and that's something that I would love to see happen more and more across the industry and I know from speaking to my other colleagues and other AI companies globally they they would all have a similar a similar team uh, that they would like to discuss too so um definitely something that we're seeing so this kind of need for local generated uh, evidence completely understand it um and that's probably what we're going to see more and more of for, for for the time being as Ecosystems get comfortable with the adoption of the technology, and uh, but you know AI is definitely here to stay. Um, those that I'm working with, uh, that are uh, custodians of this technology and are really leading the way on its on its deployment, uh, and pioneering in, in in the technology being deployed, are doing so in a very sustainable, safe, and um, responsible way. And the work, especially that we're doing within the UK across 25 NHS trusts now, all of those clinicians are, 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 are approaching this work in a very uh, responsible manner. So, hopefully, that will in, in itself build trust within the market, will build trust within the various communities associated with this, and AI will form part of a modern delivery of healthcare into the future. Um, it wasn't that long ago in a previous life when i worked at Roche, uh Roche diagnostics we were pioneering the introduction of uh, pre-analytical robotics into pathology and at that time there was a lot of resistance to that to that um uh, technology too and i'm seeing a lot of similarities between when i worked there with those solutions and the introduction of ai now and show me a modern pathology service anywhere internationally that doesn't have a very high functioning pre-analytical robotic system uh, at the front end of its uh, of its pathology you know um it's 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 common fare now so i think we're probably seeing these trends evolve and the adoption of the technology um you know we will we'll be seeing more and more uh, as, as as time progresses and as the science progresses
0: Right, definitely. I guess um, we, we I think you mentioned a very important point that the trust is really important. And while you're hoping that that might happen uh, in Europe, so even I'm hoping that that might happen soon in India as well. And we are hoping that, you know, that, that an entire digital transformation change should be uh, implemented, I think, all across the world. And we won't be facing any challenges in terms of uh, tackling the suspicions of users or customers. Um, that way uh but you also mentioned that uh, you know cure is um handling a huge and they have they have a huge database and you know it's multi-diverse and multicultural but how do you ensure that the the accuracy of data is maintained or there there are no flaws in data that because when you're talking about ai modeling i think a lot of it depends on data itself so how do you ensure that it's accurate you know
1: yeah so a a lot of a lot of time effort and expertise goes into um, producing the algorithms producing the products and solutions that we have and um, we've got a large data set um, which we've used to develop all of the products to date and hopefully we'll be able to develop other products from that too there's a, a rich rich database there and it it is um, a good cross-section of of the globe as well so it's not specific to a particular demographic which is really important And that's what we hear then when we go out into the world and we speak to various hospital systems or end users. They want assurance that the technology will operate in their population uh, and and local data sets. And that's something that we're happy to support with. So we will support with uh, local studies and pilots to ensure that the algorithms operate as intended uh, within the local demographic. And that's hugely important. and we do that in a very safe and um, structured way. Uh, it's well defined now, and uh, you know it's necessary for the introduction of any new medical device or any new software into a healthcare system, so that we operate in a test environment first, validate all the findings that kind of due diligence is done on all sides before deployment into routine use. So hopefully that will give assurance there to the end-users and the patients, ultimately the end of, uh, of, the, of the patient pathway on this, uh, the confidence that they need uh, that they're in safe hands. And also the continuing performance is assessed on a regular basis as well. And we have dedicated teams to support our end-users. We become extensions of, of those departments, supporting them in every step of their AI adoption journey.
0: Right. I think uh, uh, most of the data scientists or AI practitioners really focus on uh, the monitoring and evaluation of the implemented solution because I think that's really important. That's where you understand if the solution is working well or if there are any areas of improvement, then work on it and make sure the accuracy is maintained that way. Uh, but when you talk about the healthcare industry, I think... Um, a lot of people focus it on as a private sector, like, you know, the private healthcare institution, because they have that much of capital, the amount of resources they need to implement AI solutions effectively. Um, but, you know, like uh, one study show that... Uh, uh, there, there, there has been lack of um, digital adoption in some parts of the Europe and though you know we have European Commission policies that have been fostering um, the adoption of digital technologies in healthcare we are still somehow facing certain challenges but that's just not in um, Europe that way I can tell you that you know it's happening in India as well or probably in other parts of the country but um, when you're talking about the public health sector how do you think that uh, you know, AI can help improve the uh, public sector in terms of the European landscape, because um, I think I have witnessed that the AI solutions have been adopted, particularly in the private sector. So I just want to understand, you know, are there any challenges that the public health sector is facing? And probably your solution, what Secure is making, can help tackle those solution and, and adopt and ensure that there's an accelerated adoption of, of digital technologies in the healthcare system.
1: Well, it's really interesting the point that you raise, and that might be the case in certain parts of the world, but I, I can certainly speak to you about my experience within the UK. Um, and the UK is a really interesting one because we're probably one of the most deployed AI solutions uh, within healthcare within the UK, and that's across the NHS. So that's not within uh, primarily within private uh, practice, so that's very much within public and routinely within public uh, use as well. So certainly, I think those use cases are illustrating that AI, when used correctly and applied in the right right locations and at the right time, can create efficiencies for overworked and under-resourced departments. Um, Hospital organizations can better plan their resources based on triage and availability of um, expertise based on what the technology presents and finds. And also, too, there's a, a, um, certainly within the UK, and we see this in Europe as well, there's a trend of outsourcing um, imaging as well for reporting to outsource providers. And certainly what we've seen is our technology can assist outsource providers, but it can also assist the um, the end users who are actually sending that that work out as well, so we can create efficiencies on on, on both sides, and those efficiencies come in the way of reduction in costs and spend, but more importantly, uh, great gaining uh, efficiencies in terms of workflow capacity and assignment of of resource.
0: Right, definitely. I would want to know what do you think is the future of AI in the healthcare and also AI healthcare in the the UK.
1: Yeah, I I think the future for AI in healthcare in, in, in Europe or indeed the world holds great promise. It can improve patient outcomes. It can enhance preventative care, enable precision medicine, it can support healthcare professionals in making more accurate diagnosis and treatment decisions. Um it can also facilitate remote monitoring, telemedicine, can improve access to healthcare services as well. Um I just think we also need to be mindful of the challenges then associated on the on the counter to all of that, and that's related to ethics, regulation, data privacy, and ensuring that AI is implemented equitably and responsibly. Um, and, and, and when that when that is achieved, the full benefits um, uh, can be realised. And uh, if if those are addressed, we can fully harness. The benefits of that then across europe and the healthcare systems associated with those with those regions um, so there's a lot of work still to do and i think education is a big part of it we we feel we have a huge responsibility at cure to ensure that we are assisting in that story and developing of of dialogue and uh, sharing of information being very open about the use cases and the data that we generate uh, and also uh, been able to kind of uh, evolve around kind of what the market is looking for next and rather than here's a here's a product you figure it out let's sit down together and figure out how we can we can move forward and how best to use the technology because the very same algorithm can be used in so many different ways in neighboring hospitals two hospitals in the same city could use the very same uh, technology but in very different in very different ways so it's important to realize that too and that every every hospital system has their own specific needs and that's something that we are uh, quite keen to to support them.
0: I actually had a, a question specifically about since you mentioned regulations. Um, i I wanted to know if you guys actually have faced uh specific you know, as a as a commercial head of Europe and the UK, specific uh, challenges that you guys have faced um, regarding regulation, especially. The newly formed AI Act uh, in the in in the European Union, which is worrying many uh, small AI firms uh, about um, about limiting their their uh, space of operations. So, do, do, are you worried about certain regulations like the AI Act, or um, did you guys face similar um, challenges uh, in the past?
1: So. As an organization, we work within the regulations associated with our ability to be able to provide solutions to the market. Um, I mentioned earlier in, in our conversation around the recent Class 2B certification that we have for all of our portfolio now. And that essentially positions us as the most comprehensively certified portfolio of AI detection devices within radiology within EU and it affirms our commitment to meeting the highest standards of safety and effectiveness of our technology. And that was achieved through audit um, and a technical and clinical review. So, and that was carried out within Europe as well. So we're very keen to work with regulators, to work within guidance, to work within the latest developments in relation to this because remember this is a medical device and it needs to be treated with the utmost care and attention and that's something that at CURE we feel very passionate about we want to make sure that we're adhering to the latest latest uh, regulations and uh, requirements so it's something that we'll continue to work with and again too we keep o- open dialogue with everybody that we work with on the regulation side the end user side the patient groups that are represented as well so uh, it's something that we're we're very keen on, very aware that we need to we need to provide good dialogue and, and and good open communication there too.
0: Yeah, I think um it's very well much said that um digital technologies can integrate um care or identify patterns, reduce risk, and even predict the outcome of certain diseases. And that way, it can help improve the entire uh, healthcare and all. ensure that the data flow is is accurate, it's efficient, and uh, it's it's safe that way that way but um, like you mentioned I think digital transformation is not just about implementing digital technology but it is more about um, and complete change management which is driven by digital technologies I believe so that helps to increase efficiency and effectiveness of the service delivery in the healthcare so uh, thank you so much for this podcast I think it was quite beneficial to understand how the european or the uk healthcare market is and like you have mentioned certain insights about the uk healthcare system and how ai has been effectively used in these countries so that was quite um quite valuable insights for our users that way so thank you so much for your time
1: oh lovely to meet you both and thank you very much again for having me on
0: great thank you um thank you so much for listening to data dialogue stay tuned for our next podcast and stay safe and stay knowledgeable thank you